Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Sports Drink Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Welcome. It has been a while, but we have finally returned. It is another edition of The Bird Calls. I am your host, David Grubb, and joining me as always, David Fisher, Kevin Berrios, and Editor-in-Chief at The Bird um, Rights, Mr. Ali Cosell. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been a long time. I've forgotten our names and stuff um, since it's been so long since the last time we spoke. I think it's probably with Summer League. Summer right around Summer League, yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, and for some, in some ways, that's good because it's been a very quiet off season for the Pelicans, mm-hmm. um, and which is not something that we've been able to say. Um, there have been times that this part of the year, Pelicans are just getting a coach, you know. <laughs> so um, it's it's a much different off season for the New Orleans Pelicans, but we're glad to be back and talking basketball. Uh, still a little more business to get through before we get to on the court matters and the big business of the day, of course. CJ McCollum. Signing a two-year, $64 million extension with the Pelicans. Um, Fish, uh, let's break down first for the folks the financial parts of this and the implication this season and for uh, seasons ahead. Um, So, I mean, he was already under contract for this year, next year. Um, So it, it, ha- it has no effect. Um, in the in the next two seasons, what it does give, um, since we know the amount, two years, sixty four million dollars, and we know what he's going to be making next year, which is about thirty six million dollars for the year, um, it sounds like at that amount that it's probably going to be a declining um, extension. Um, so sixty four, you can kind of just halvesy it a little bit, and like thirty three in twenty four twenty five, and then thirty one ish in twenty five twenty six. Um, that's going to come out to around like 23% of the cap and then 21 or 20% of the cap. Um, to put that into perspective, a rookie's first year salary for their max, assuming they haven't hit like the big max, is 25%. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great deal for the Pelicans. Um, as we've already discussed, CJ McCollum has the kind of game that feels like it's going to age very well. Um, and the thing is, is that the Pelicans didn't lose cap space. There wasn't any cap space out there two years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, all they did was say, we're going to occupy this portion of the cap with CJ McCollum rather than nobody. So, um, I feel like it's a it's a great deal for the Pelicans. It's a great de- deal for CJ. Um, he came in and you know his article that he wrote in the Players Tribune essentially was 
that he had a hand in picking New Orleans and he doesn't plan on going anywhere anyway, anytime soon. And a contract that takes him through 2026 um, is the best way for him to prove that that wasn't just um, empty words on a page. Kevin, what I like about this deal is the length. Um, the way the NBA is now, I don't believe that there's anything like a six, seven year window. You have to win within three to four years. And then you have to start thinking about how you're going to remake your team with CJ being in his early thirties. Now, um, I think this gives you the access to his late prime and enough time to decide if he is that truly that third piece to go along with what you've invested in max, uh, deals with Zion and with BI, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, too. And I also think that, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that CJ has to be the third best player on the team, I think, because you could possibly see a scenario where Trey or or, uh, Herb Jones makes a leap and becomes actually the third best player. But CJ Mm -hmm. fits perfectly around those guys. And then even going into the last year, if, say, you know, you want to move him for something else and the contract isn't too bad and you shouldn't have to add a lot of assets to it because he should still be a good player. But I think, you know, getting him in at that point and that's a point of where, you know, you're going to have Herb or Trey hopefully taking that next step and maybe becoming that third best player on the team, uh, their salary won't be so huge that it, it won't hurt won't have you too much into the tax if you even go into the tax having cj on that and he fits perfectly around you know bi zion and one of those two guys or both of those guys really yeah ali the pills are about um a little bit around 3.6 million dollars away from being taxpayers um that means that there's likely a lot of you know obviously there's not a lot of movement for this team to do to make um, roster wise, we know about them, you know, what they have is what they're, they're going to enter the season with most likely. Are you okay with where they are financially, um, based on what they have in hand? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're in training camp with the maximum amount of contracts you're allowed to, and that's 20, right? But we know that that's going to get whittled down to 15 because it has to by the start of the regular season. And you know, that four of those players are likely going to end up with the G League team because they're on Exhibit 10 contracts, which basically means they're just going to get paid more to play in the G League for the Pelicans, right? So Zillan Cheatham, who got signed today, uh, Butler, and then, of course, previously, I think Daquan Plowden and John Petty also received those type of contracts. So those four guys will go on. And then, uh, really, the only interesting thing to me is they have an available two-way contract sitting available because they waived Isaiah Brockington today. You know, they signed him 12 days ago got rid of him today and I'm not exactly sure why uh, because a player doesn't get paid uh, money off their two-way contract unless he uh, allots you know or uh, accumulates some games right game action and stuff like that is paid like that not paid money up front Um, and also the Pelicans don't suddenly own his rights or something like that right because once you waive that guy he's free to go anywhere so I'm just curious about the move but it's not unprecedented last year Utah Jazz kind of did the same thing he signed a guy, I think by the name of Justin James, had him for eight days on, on the two-way contract, and then they waived him. And then he ended up signing with the Cavaliers, I want to say, like another week after that. So maybe, you know, the Pelicans suddenly kind of lost some interest in Brockington, um, and maybe somebody else wants him around the league. Who knows, but we'll find out. But either way, biggest thing I think I'm taking away, David, is that when I, talk, I look at all these 20 guys that they're in training camp in, uh, with, EJ Liddell's not mentioned, right? So 
I know that he's still a big part of their plans for the future, but for right now, I just hope fans are relaxed that they they're going to get him signed to something soon, whether it's playing the G League so he can rehab, and then maybe at some point during the regular season he'll end up with a regular spot or a two-way spot. But other than that, yeah, you got you've already touched on it, right? There can be a trade or two in the middle of the season, I would say, right? With the guys that we've talked about for what months. Jackson Hayes, Garrett. Yeah, we'll Temple. get into that. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Other than that, no, I think I think all of us are not surprised by the lack of moves this summer, right? I think David mm-hmm. Griffin made the right choice in not really trying to add too much else to a roster that was really clicking, that has plenty of talent, and now you're going to add Zion. So let's see how they all work with Zion before you start trying to plug in other pieces. And I think well, also let's not say let's not say that they they didn't make any moves it means they didn't try. They still tried. Um, I mean, yeah. I think the I, I think the rumors of who they were attached to uh, made a lot of sense. Um, but at the same time, they were in a position where they weren't going to overpay. They weren't desperate. They weren't desperate. And, yeah. And that's a good place for the Pelicans to be as well, because that that isn't a space that they've been able to occupy for quite some time. Well, yeah, well, then point, the next sir. the de- the next domino then that everyone will be watching is is Larry Nance, um, and and what happens with his contract because he is in the final year of his deal, and he's on a very reasonable contract. Now, the things you worry about with Nance are the things that you've had to worry about with a lot of Pelicans, you know. And I think it's the biggest part of this is, is his health. He hasn't played in more than 50 games in the last three seasons and hasn't played in 60 in the last four. So you you know how vital he is, um, he's, especially as a, a front court defender. Um, but you have to limit his minutes. I think the Pelicans want to keep him. I think he wants to stay in New Orleans. What's reasonable numbers when we're talking about Larry Nance? Uh, Kevin, I'm going to let you start. Well, I think, I mean, he's super important right now because we really don't have a rim protector on the roster besides Nance. And even though he's undersized, he's the only guy that can actually possess that skill. So you have to worry about that going long-term. Um, and of course, like you said, his injury history is a little bit worrisome. Um, but I think, it, you know, something like three years at 15 million a year, 12 to 15 million range should be about right. I could see up to 17, but um, I think that that would be about the numbers I would guess. Uh, Fish? Well, actually, he's since he's signing an extension, he's limited um, in the mm-hmm. amount of the raise the Pelicans can give him. They can only give him a 5% raise over his current salary. Which is so what, 8.7 mil? Um, he's at 9.6 right now. 9.6, I'm sorry. So it bring it up to ten, um, and um, I think Bobby Marks has thrown this out that you know he's he's eligible for a two year like twenty point seven million dollar ex- extension or something like that. Um, so just you know just to take over ten million dollars a year for the next two years, which would actually put him less than the full mid level exception. And I think if you told me at the end of this season that the Pelicans used the full MLE. And they re-signed Larry Nance to two more years. Um, we would all think that that was a fantastic move. The Pelicans have the option of doing that and not using the MLE. They can just use his bird rights and extend him off his current contract, mm-hmm. and it will be slightly under the full MLE. Um, so, I mean, the most the Pelicans can offer Larry Nance because he signed a contract when he signed it with Cleveland that was 
kind of funky and it was descending at the end, the most that they can sign him for is a very reasonable number. Um, and like $10 million sounds like a lot um, still to some people because of how the cap works. Um, so like that $10.1 million um, breaks out to 7% of the cap, 7.5% of the cap. And if you're telling me that the Pelicans can't afford 7.5% of the cap for Larry Nance, then I think they should get out of the basketball business. So I'll, the, <laughs> the Pelicans should just put like, this is all the money that we can offer you for this extension. And hopefully he resigns it and, um, and I'll wear his jersey around my house some more. Ali, do you feel that it's likely that that happens before the season or do the Pelicans take the stance that they want to see you, you I know that they want to resign him. I, I, I don't think that that's a question for anybody, but do they take the stance to, of maybe trying to see if Larry can make it through the season relatively healthy before they, they start talking about a new deal? No, I don't think they need to see anything from him, unlike, say, they did with Brandon Ingram or probably what they're going to do, with, obviously, with Jackson Hayes. They know what he is. He, he's going to turn 30 uh, within a couple of months, I think. And he's already proven what he can do on the court. And I don't think it even matters to them that he can get through it largely healthy because I don't think he's got anything so chronic that they're worried about for the long term, right? Whether it's, you know, I don't even want to guess as to what could potentially happen, but either way, I don't think there's those concerns there. Unlike maybe say Lonzo Ball, which I know that the organization actually had uh, concerns about his knees and his health moving forward in the NBA. But no, I think they'll get something done real soon. Um, I was actually thinking they were probably going to announce McCollum and Nance maybe on the same day. So I'm kind of surprised that didn't happen, but I think it'll happen soon. I think it probably does happen before the season as well. Cause I think that the Pelicans would like to have as many of their, um, variables turned into certainties because they have these trades available and let's i want to transition to that now um look i think that you know we've talked about this time and time again over the last couple of years is that there's going to be turnover on your roster as you build towards trying to create a championship team we don't see championship teams that that have you know they might keep three or four of their core as they get better and better but it's it's a small group the Pelicans are not going to be able to keep all 15 of these guys. And five of them stand out ab above others as tradable assets because, A, there's contract certainty for these guys pretty much, or the contract uncertainty about that player makes it more pressing to, to kind of make a decision on them. So I'm going to give you guys the five names, and then we're going to rank who we think is the most likely to be traded, and then we'll talk about who – should be <laughs> traded like that because there's a difference there is a difference so the five players and i think we would all agree on these names Devonte graham jackson hayes garrett temple kyra lewis and Najee marshall i think that the rest of the pelicans we know the starting five of cj mccullum brandon ingram zion williamson herb jones Jonas valanciunas it's not likely that any of them go anywhere if, if, if anybody in that group, it would be Jonas, and that something would have to you know, certainly happen for that. But he would be the only one in the starting five that you'd even think about at this stage. In the reserves, we're talking about Nance, who's not going anywhere. We're talking about Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado. Uh, so none of those guys are going anywhere. I don't think Billy Ernan Gomez is going anywhere. That, that's nine right there, and Dyson Daniels gives you ten. So these five, I think, are the most likely candidates. Um, let's start with Devontae Graham. 
And we'll start with Ali. We'll let you go first. How likely do you think amongst this group he would be first, second, third, fourth, or fifth to be traded? And how much do you think he would need to be traded amongst this group? I think likeliest, um, I would probably put him second, just behind Jackson Hayes. I think Jackson, right, he's on entering the last year of his deal. You've got to get rid of him because otherwise he's going to be able to walk at the end of this year, um, and you don't want to end up that. Or we'll go ahead and give your whole list. Go ahead and give the whole list. Yeah. Okay. We'll do it like that then. Yeah. So Hayes most likely to be moved. Then Devonte for me. Then after that, it's really honestly a toss-up. But I guess I would go with Temple because he can make sense as being necessary. You know, um, salary ballast in any kind of trade that's necessary to use his salary for it to be completed. And then the last two, I mean, it's a toss-up, right? Najee Marshall gives his team something that, you know, is a backup. They know him. They like him. He's a big chemistry guy. So he's, And he's not making, what, close to the minimum, if not the minimum. So he's not any kind of hindrance for you. Kyra Lewis, he's making a little bit more because he was, what, the 13th pick in the draft. So he's making about $4, $4 million or so. And, of course, he's coming off an injury. And, of course, the Pelicans have a lot of point guards, especially undersized type of guys. So you wonder about his role going forward. Now, I personally, I like him. I think you have no reason to move him. He's entering year number three. See what see what you've got over the course of this year in him because, like I said, he showed enough promise to where it makes sense for a team um, like the Pelicans to have a guy like that because he could be the guy that can get his shot off the dribble. I think he could be a better scorer than Jose Alvarado. I think he could honestly – do a lot, a lot of things for him. Maybe that Jose can't do as well. So I think just thinking long term, you can see a fit for him on the roster, right? So he'd be fifth. I, I like that, Ali, because I, I think with with uh, the difficulty for me for Kyra is, yeah, if if he's if he can play defense, then physically his upside is higher than Jose's because mm-hmm. he's taller, he's, he's more athletic, and like you said, he could actually be able to elevate at certain situations if he because yeah he can get in the lane he can do those things and it makes it tough with Kyrie you want to see what you've got but you're also you don't have an extremely long leash for him I don't think because you're also trying to win very quickly and you can't have a bunch of young guards at that spot with Dyson Daniel also getting opportunities at the point you would imagine um, at least as a facilitator that you're not going to have a super long leash with any of these guys you've got to see who's going to be consistent and who you can count on um fish will let you go second well i mean jackson's at the top of the list just because he's the expiring contract um Mm -hmm. and he's somebody that you might actually be able to get some kind of future asset for um i'd put garrett temple right behind him um because he's essentially expired contract since his um, following year is not guaranteed um Possibly, you know, he's like like Ollie said, he you attach him to Hayes and the two of them, you know, you can get a reasonably sized contract coming back. After that, um, the other guys, um, Devontae Graham, I think, is gonna be more difficult to move um just because of the length of his contract. Um, and he hasn't really played up to it at this point. Um, I know we've talked about Jackson Hayes legal struggles, um, Devontae Graham. Um, got himself into a little bit of that as well. Um, not nearly as severe, um, but still, I mean, driving under the influence isn't something that we should ever um, belittle. 
And then um, Kyra Lewis, he's, he's still coming back from the injury. He's very young. The Pelicans still have some time on his rookie deal. Um, he might be the asset that they try to chip into a trade, but that would require him to play and to play well so that somebody buys into him. Um, and then I think, honestly, with Najee Marshall, um, he's so happy on the bench. Um, if you trade him someplace else, um, he's probably going to turn into a pumpkin if you give him a lot bigger role or or minutes. Um, and he contributes fantastically to the vibes. So um, Najee would, to me, is 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 the last option of those three. Now, in terms of who should go first, Jackson Hayes is still number one. Um, for all the reasons that I've said on all of our podcasts for, I don't know, last 12 months, 18 months. Um, Devontae Graham would be number two, just because I'm trying to save Willie Green from himself. Um, because I want him to lean on Jose more. I want him to get Dyson Daniels some minutes. I want him to get Kyra Lewis some minutes. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of guys that I want getting minutes right now over Devontae Graham. Um, and then the rest of it, I mean, honestly, I really don't care. It'd just be those two guys <laughs> to, to to kind of um, move on from for for you know their various reasons. As, especially, um, you know, Jackson really hasn't developed. The Pelicans already have. I mean, if you can flip Jackson Hayes somehow to some team that thinks you know his athleticism is going to pop and he's going to get in the right headspace to be an NBA big man. And in his place, you can get just an NBA center that can go out there and do their job. Mm -hmm. And you can depend on them to go out there and just do their job, be in the right place, have your hands up, box out um, when you come into the game for Jonas. Um, that's all the Pelicans need from their fourth big. Just competent big man, please. So, um, And then Devontae really is just about saving Willie from himself. And I think also with Devontae, and, and that's the thing too, is his likelihood, like you said, the contract makes it difficult. But I think the the problem is his skill set is a diminishing one. His one big skill is shooting, and he's gone down three straight seasons as a three-point shooter. Um, and I think you have enough guys on this roster now who you feel comfortable with assuming those 500 threes that he took last year. I feel more comfortable with Trey shooting threes, obviously, considering he shot over 40%. You know, I feel comfortable with Herb taking threes. I feel comfortable with Jose taking catch and shoot threes when he's on the floor. I don't want him taking a ton, but he's not going to take a ton anyway. The guys are going to take the most CJ, who's going to lead your team in three-point attempts. Brandon's going to get his three-point his three point percentage back up. Um, I, I don't think he stays down at 34% like he did last year. You know, and certainly Zion will take a couple here and there. Jonas will take a couple here and there. Trey comes off the bench and takes four a night. You know, so I think you look at it and you say, Devontae, if, if all you provide is shooting and you have not been shooting well, you don't give us defense, you don't allow, you know, obviously teams look for him when he comes on the court defensively. Like it's hard not to, to as far as should go, keep Devontae at the top. Kevin, um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little conflicted on the answer just because I, I, you know, you heard all summer that, that they were trying to get off of Devante. Um, and I think he would have been part of a bigger move, but now that like some of the, the bigger names of, you know, Kevin Durant's locked into Brooklyn, uh, Bojan Bojanovic just 
he's been traded already. So like his money isn't um, going to be able to be used in something that you're going to have to add a bunch of assets to. So I think he's going to be harder to trade now, as you guys already laid out all the reasons why. Um, but I still think they would like to get off of him more than they would like to get off of Jackson Hayes. Uh, I still think they kind of feel like they could get something out of Jackson. Um, I would say Garrett Temple would just be like 1A. He's like the Lamprey that's hanging off of whatever trade asset to just add salary to whatever move is made because I think he'll be paired with whatever unless you're just sending like Kyra or Jackson to a team that will give you a couple of seconds or something to get those guys on a flyer if you just need to try to make a um, roster move. But I, I still think maybe Devontae is one with Jackson right below it. Um, and, you know, for me, I would trade Jackson, I would have traded Jackson, you know, years ago. So I, I'm just ready to move on from that. I just don't see any potential future, um, any, any reason to keep him on this roster. He doesn't bring anything uh, that we need. And there's a bunch of better players that play the same position that he plays because he doesn't play center. Uh, he's not that rim protector and that's what we need to get. So he might be easier to move off of though, because you can maybe just get a second from somebody and then just find, you know, a, a decent center on a minimum to come fill that role and get those minutes when you need them. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's either those two are tied. I think you don't trade Najee, you know, for the same reasons Fish said. You know, vibes when he comes when you need him, he contributes. He won't really do that for other teams because of if you give him a bigger load he'll wilt under that pressure but in the way we use them is perfect for him as a player and perfect for our team so i don't really see a need to trade naji unless somebody wants him as part of a throw-in on a bigger trade yeah i i think naji makes so much sense as he fits in that bottom five of, of a good team you know what i mean right. he, he's the perfect guy in that that you don't have to play him every night he can miss a week and then what you're asking him to do doesn't require him to to you know to overthink his role. What you're yeah, asking him is like to defend, run the floor, those things. It's 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 a simple role that he can be very effective at. Yeah, similar to Willie in the sense that like they're not great at what they do, but they're solid. Um, they contribute and they contribute to the chemistry of the team, and they're not and they're costing you a lot. Yeah, exactly. They're not costing you anything. I mean, the two of them combined make th less than $3 million, right? Yeah, and they're, and they're not in front of anybody that you want to get those minutes to no. develop. You know? And that's, that's what you want at the back end of the roster, is guys who don't get in the way. That's right. what you want. And, and I think that that's, that's the thing for me, is that the Pelicans still are in a position where they have so many guys to develop and to see what they are going to be. But your timetable now with CJ and the fact that you hit home runs with Herb and Trey in particular, you know, that accelerates things. So waiting for guys like um, Kyra to turn it around. Now, if he does, again, if Kyra comes back this year and he hits, like Ollie said, you know, that's a better version of Jose. If you're getting a guy who can be a pest on ball, has that speed and athleticism, will probe into the lane and create shots for other people and defend you for 94 feet? Well, then, yeah, I'd rather have that because that's what I, dra I drafted at, at 13. But if I don't and I need to move him, and, and I think the, the two spots, and I want to get your guys' in, uh, thoughts on this, is I think there's still the two things that have been missing and things the Pelicans have been missing for years now. It's it's 
They don't have a veteran point guard. Like CJ's fine as a lead guard, but I still think that you got to have somebody who can control and has seen things, you know, control the offense and has seen things. And, and still they lack a legitimate rim protector with length. You know, Larry Nance is going to be asked to do a lot. Um, but again, he's the guy who's best suited for those 22 to 25 minutes. You don't want to play in 35 minutes. Um, and if you're getting a situation where Jonas is out, you don't really have a defensive center. Uh, you know, Billy does well, but Billy is slow as hell. I mean, so, you know, that that's the struggle for him. Um, what do you guys see is if there are any, if there are things that you would fix and upgrade any positions of need for this roster? Uh, Fish, I'll let you go first. A competent big man. Like, I love what Willie brings. Um, he's like um, great value, um, Jonas. Um, but he comes with all of Jonas's weaknesses um, too, uh, defensively. Um, so he doesn't really allow you to throw a different look at people. Um, and so the Pelicans don't have an option to stay big and be good defensively. Um, the biggest they can stay right now is they're going to do, you know, some Nance at the five. Um, and I mean, they can be big around that. Like they could, they could be crazy big around that. They could, you know, have everybody on the floor. That's like six, foot seven, six, foot eight. Um, they have that kind of versatility with the roster, but they don't have, you know, a, a JaVale McGee-esque player. Um, mm -hmm. And if you ask me, you know, what the Pelicans need, um, and I've seen a whole lot of the Pelicans need, uh, so many people have been talking about how the Pelicans need a point guard. Like, I, I don't get that explanation. Not a, I don't whatsoever. think they need a starter. No. Um, Not a and starter. I don't think they need a starter. And then, like, if you say, oh, the Pelicans really need, like, a reserve point guard, I'm like, what? Are, what's Jose Alvarado doing? Like, because he looks like a, a reserve point guard to me. Fantastic assist to turnover ratio. He brings up the ball. He gets the team in sets. He pests, you know, is a complete pest to the other, you know, team. So just, I mean, how can you squeeze out, you know, a, a, a big man that gives you some scheme versatility um, defensively? That, that's what well, they need to me. I think I just want to be clear when I talk about point guard. I'm not talking about somebody who becomes your sixth or seventh man. I'm talking about like, again, in that 11 to 15 range over your bench, just a vet that I know, hey, I need, I need a vet tonight. You know what I mean? Like for those situations, not where, where the oh, yeah. Pelicans have been, like when they asked for Jameer Nelson and you thought he was going to play a lot of valuable minutes. I'm talking about having that guy who's that breaking glass, you know, break glass in case of emergency point guard. Who instead you know of, instead of looking down and you have a young guy in Jose and then you look down and you're like, oh, you have another guy in Kyra. <laughs> and Devontae, you know what I mean? If Devontae's still on your roster, I can't, tr Devontae can't run your offense. He cannot do it. So that's the thing is like, you know, if some if it gets to that point in the game in the playoffs where it's like this right now, somebody's got to be there. And you're like, if, if CJ's in foul trouble and if Jose's not big enough, you got a guy who's that six three, six four veteran point guard. I don't know who it is. I'm just saying, if I had my 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 wish, it would be to have a veteran there who could just say, okay, I can run the offense for five minutes and make sure Zion gets his touches in the right spot or B.I. is getting his catch early in the shot clock. Whatever it is, somebody who's just seen it and can talk to those guys, because there isn't really a point guard on the bench. You know what I mean? You know, the most experienced point guard you have on this in this in this in the building is Teaspoon. And I would, wouldn't mind having her on the floor, 
in the last five minutes of a game <laughs> over some of the guys on the Pelicans roster with their wisdom. But I think, you know, I think that's something that they're missing. Um, uh, Kevin, uh, your thoughts, anything that you, any position of up need or uh, area yeah. you'd like to see just upgraded? I mean, I've been saying forever, we need that rim protector. Um, that's the most important thing, the biggest hole in the team. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Uh, and I think having a guy like that, uh, the point guard situation would be a great luxury to have for sure. But, you know, I, I feel like we have people that can initiate an offense for themselves and for others. Um, and I agree with you that it would be important to have that veteran, but we don't have a single big man rim protector, yes. screen setter, uh, that kind of player. We don't have that. You know, we don't have even like a Willie Cauley Stein or, or, you know, who's not even a great player, but he's somebody that, that would be an upgrade for us in that department. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so to me, that is the most crucial thing because, you know, when you're talking about getting into the playoffs, you're going to be playing teams with, a Jokic, you're going to be playing, uh, you know, if you get to the finals, you'd be playing with uh, Embiid. If you're, you know, if you have championship aspirations, you're going to have to go against Giannis's. You're going to have to go against Anthony Davis and playing center at some point and, uh, or um, Zubach, guys like that. And we don't have a guy to match up with those guys. Even a Robert Williams, who was so good, you know, for the Celtics, who now got injured. But I mean, that dude, just phenomenal at his role, Ali. I think I think you're also on board that that a, a, a rim protector is number one. Yeah, I think we've been saying this for the last few years or so, right, David? Ever since yeah, Zion came into town, we were waiting for Jackson Hayes to develop. Who was going to be that guy in the interim? I mean, I'm happy they have Larry Nance. He can you imagine his team without having him on there? So I'm not mm-hmm. as worried. Just like I'm not as worried about point guard. I'm going to say I want to point out that. Devontae Graham, since he wasn't moved, I feel good about him in case, say, C.J. McCollum misses his 20 games or something. By while I know that, Fish, you said that Jose Alvarado is that perfect backup. I still don't think Jose brings you what C.J. does or what may be needed when if C.J. was to miss games, right? And that's, of course, being that potent outside threat, but being able to make a pass, understanding who he's playing with, making the right play. So I feel like, you know, Devontae is actually a really good backup plan to go into at least this year for him. And I'm like you, though, Fish, I'm not stressed about them not having a veteran point guard or somebody to get the offense going. NBA's just changed so much to where I think I rely on CJ, Zion, B.I., just those three being your primary ball handlers. I'm making the right decision. I think we saw B.I. grow into that role, right, guys? Last year when he finally started coming through in the clutch, making all the right plays, and he's phenomenal in the playoffs. So I think he's ready to run with it like Tatum is up in Boston, other guys around the league. So I'm not worried. But, yeah, to have a powerful – you know, guy in the paint that can do a lot of different things, but especially defend the rim, being able to switch three through five, that's that's so required. And unfortunately, Jackson, through all his time here, he's not shown the ability to handle it on a consistent basis. He's no, trying and to that's... make the game further away from the rim, and we need him to be closer. Yeah, to see, you know, like, everybody's like he's trying to drift right? out to the perimeter. Yeah. Like, I, I think that, you know, Jackson becomes obsolete the more you play um, Trey. You know, I mean, think you find you're gonna, Trey. yeah, and you got sure. to play Trey. If you're not playing Trey 20 minutes a night, what are you doing? He will. So if he's gonna get his 20 minutes, he's gonna get them at the three and the four. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and if he's Jackson's playing, he's gonna and, have to prove it at the five. 
Good right. Luck. So and Zion's playing at the three and the four, and Herb is playing at the two, the three, and the four, and Ingram's playing at the two, the three, and the four. So if you got all these wings now that you didn't have before, that you didn't the Pelicans couldn't find wings. Now they've got multiple guys who can play multiple spots on the perimeter. And here where does Jackson you, I, fit I, in? I would rather trust Dyson Daniels right now defensively guarding two, three, fours than Jackson Hayes guarding wings, right? Even though he's kind of good with his length. I'd rather go with Dyson Daniels over over Jackson if I'm Willie. Because what are you doing with Jackson? You're not asking Jackson to put the ball on the floor. All these other guys that you have to play at the four spot, you can have them put the ball on the floor. We've seen Trey put the ball on the floor. We know Zion can put the ball on the floor. You know if you put Herb at the four, he can put the ball on the floor. You know if you put B.I. at the four, he can put the ball on the floor. Jackson can't do that. All four of those other guys, you like you said, again, even if you had to play Dyson at the four, at six foot eight, mm-hmm. he like I'd rather have him defending, yeah, on the on the wing against a stretch big, yeah, I'd give me Dyson because physically there's not a big difference between he and Jax. Their link, their wingspan, all those things. No, Jax might be the more explosive player, but what does it matter if what you're doing? And we saw it against the Suns. It doesn't matter in the most important parts of the game. And when else is he gonna play? It's just there's no real role for Jackson Hayes, even if you love Jackson Hayes. You have to concede that there's no way that if Zion Williamson is on the court for 70 games, that there's going to be times for Jackson Hayes to play 20 minutes, unless he's playing the five and we know he won't do it. And that's scary because they're going to have to play him, right? To at least showcase him a little bit, uh, see what they've got, maybe show off some of improvement, but you've got to find those minutes for him. So I'm wondering, and I wonder what you guys think about this, but do they maybe want to be taking it easy with Jonas Valanciunas, right? He had that hard Euro basket run, and people saw him limping around. He put forth a lot of effort. And you know, with him, you want to have him at the end of the season if he's going to be your starting center, right? If the Pels don't upgrade, you're going to have to rely on him down the stretch, or at least you want to. So maybe you sit him out a few games, especially on back-to-backs, and give Jackson a lot more run than you typically would the five, because I don't know how else you're going to get him in the lineups if you're Willie. I don't know either. Because if Nance is playing 10 minutes at the at the five and 10 to 15 minutes at the four every night, and if even if you're keeping Jonas and you're saying he's at a hard 25 minutes, which is probably closer to going to be closer to 28, with that, there's still what? There's still, you know, 20 more minutes of that night. 10 of those go to Nance, maybe five go to Zion, maybe, you know, and maybe five mm-hmm. go to Billy. Yeah. So where does he play? I don't know. Yeah. He's going to become disgruntled not playing. I just don't see spots. Fish, do you see spots enough for Jackson to be legitimately a 15 to 20 minute a night, which is what he should be. If, if, you know, a first round pick in this stage of his career, he should be available 20 minutes every night. And where is he going to get those 20 minutes? Like the only, the only place that you can reasonably say those minutes are going to be coming from are injuries like legitimately because you just list all these guys that should be playing you know the minutes at the two three four um and the the biggest issue is you know at the four slot because apparently that's the only place that jackson hayes you know can give you positive minutes um and am i gonna play him over zion no um brandon ingram's gonna slide down some no Am I going to should do you want him playing over Trey when Trey can be getting those minutes? Absolutely not. Herb can slide down there when you need it. 
Um, the, the Pelicans just have a whole bunch of dudes that can get those minutes now. It doesn't make sense. I, mean, I haven't even mentioned Larry Nance. And, I mean, you can play Larry Nance beside Jonas. He can stretch mm-hmm. the floor a little bit. He can, you know, he can do a lot of the things, um, not everything that Jax did. I mean, Jax did have, like, his little, like, moment in the sun where he looked good, you know, pressing up. Um defensively against guards and he can do that but like it's such a small such a narrow niche kind of thing that you're just like he's not a consistent rebounder right that's the biggest thing like you you, like any any kind of oh we're gonna try to find a way to get him minutes ends up with we're hemorrhaging points on the other end because we can't we can't get a stop because we cannot finish the play defensively. The other thing is you're sacrificing minutes for guys that are working on the right things too, you know, like mm-hmm. guys that know what they need to do to be good players and contribute to the team. And anytime you see Jackson Hayes working on something, you're like, why are you working on that? What you need to work on is rebounding, boxing out, you know, some post moves. Uh, but he's out playing on the perimeter, shooting threes. You know, it's like the, you just has no self-awareness and he has sort of, and then he has that entitlement uh, mentality as we've seen throughout the time. So then saying like, this guy should be playing in front of you is going to cause problems with him in the locker room, I feel like as well. So, I mean, I just feel like it's run its course and it's, you know, time to get him out of there. And this is a team that ultimately, you know, is going to be decided by how well the non Everybody who's not named Zion B.I. and C.J. plays defense. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you cannot afford to have guys on the floor who are not going to be positives defensively because you have enough points. The Pelicans will stumble into 110 points a night. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have no concerns about this team's ability to score. Right. But it's the question is going to be defensively, and there's nothing that gives you the evidence that suggests that Jackson Hayes makes your team better defensively. Nothing. So to me, that that right there means that you can't get minutes on this team because Willie's already established that that's what he wants to build this team off of. And he was willing to sit Jackson in the playoffs against Phoenix and let Nance have those minutes. And Nance is coming up with double figures on the glass just by being active. And you talk about a guy, and I hate to say this, I keep saying this about Jackson, but four double-doubles. Four. And Billy had eight, and Billy played in 20 fewer games. Like, I need to see, like, the things that Jackson is going to develop, I just firmly believe if you're a Jackson Ace fan, you should want him to go somewhere else where he can get minutes to figure out what he is because those minutes do not exist with the Pelicans. And if you love the Pelicans, it seems to me that you should want the guys who are at the top. Like you said, you don't want Jackson Hayes holding people who deserve minutes who are going to contribute to winning, getting on the floor. Ali? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was well said. I've got really nothing to add there other than Jackson's best position at the four, but when you really consider it, is it really his best position when you guys have just already mentioned at one time or another on this podcast alone of the skills and the skill sets they bring? You can't have Jackson playing over, say, a Trey Murphy at the four, any mess, not even a Najee Marshall. Right, any wing. That's why I said even Dyson Daniels, because I trust Dyson to give you the defense that Jackson should, but also at least offensively, you know you can trust Dyson to push up a ball, push the ball up. I mean, uh, score 
in the, not only in the lane, but make the right play, right? Make the pass. Jackson hasn't shown any of those abilities to even be legitimately considered a wing on a winning team. So I don't know. I feel like the Pelicans, we may be saying made a mistake by not dealing him for something, anything this uh, last, you know, this off season, but we'll see. This is still, I think, um, the most talented roster we've seen this team assemble. And David Griffin has said as much um, in his remarks um, to the New Orleans Touchdown Club, I believe it was last week. Uh, and now we have Media Day coming this week. I don't think there's any reason not to be high on the Pelicans, but I also think that, you know, it's important for us, again, a year ago at this time when, when we had the last Media Day, there was a certain level of excitement and, and things that were people are anticipating. And then the reality of the NBA season hits. Um, Ali, what are you looking forward to uh, hearing from David Griffin and talking to the players at media day as we no doubt the biggest season that this franchise is, is, is going into probably in the last 15, 20 years. Number one thing I don't want to hear no bombshell drops just like a year ago. <laughs> I mean, that's Zion Williamson bomb that nobody saw coming. Boy, I don't want to hear, like, it's any surprise injury news because uh, if they can avoid that and if they can avoid these long, long uh, time-soaking injuries with any of their core players, they're primed to be a top-six team in the West. I know that's a heck of a jump, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, if not on this podcast, on future ones. But they, you already mentioned they've got the offense. They've got the chemistry, I feel like. That's the biggest thing carrying over from last year. That I don't think gets enough credit for basically turning around a completely lost season a year ago to actually turning into something that's been one of the, and, and, and you finish with one of the best seasons in franchise history, despite right going 36 and 46. Cause I don't look at that team as a 36 and 46 team. And I remember fish early, you know, in the season last year saying that's not who they were. Well, even though the record said it was, but I think you have to divide last season. So I think you're coming in, like I said, with, with this whirlwind of, um, good talent, but also chemistry on the team. That's very rare, but also very enviable around the league. And you just want to avoid, like I said, bombshell. So tomorrow's media day. I honestly just want to hear from certain players that are kind of on, you know, um, the edge on playing time. So with Jackson Hayes, I want to hear him talk about how he spent a lot of time working on, you know, watching video, defensive concepts, playing the five, even though I'd heard Instagram news already clips. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, but I want to hear stuff like Ollie that. Blake, I want to hear what Daniel lies to me. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, along those lines, right? We don't need to hear anything about Zion. Zion alone, we'll walk him walk in the room, and if he looks as trim as I think we're going to, we'll all be happy. Please don't make him make no. any promises. Just yeah, don't ask him exactly any questions right. that require a promise <laughs> to be made. That's that's a done deal. Yeah, no kidding. I don't think he'll want to offer up any more promises after last year. But really, I mean, what do you guys think? I'll let somebody else talk because I really don't have anything that I'm especially looking for, you know, out of just media day. No drama, man. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Just like you said, yeah. man. No, no, no big anything. Um, I hope that I, I mean, if you want to, one message, I guess, that I want to hear from the team is that they don't feel like, they haven't arrived yet. I, I want them to feel like mm-hmm. we haven't proved anything yet. Um, and, you know, all of the preseason hype and all of that, um, we're closing that stuff out because, you know, we only won 36 games last year 
and we want to do better than that. So yes. um, that that's what I want to hear. That kind of just like we understand that this season is going to be a grind, and you know, it's it's not guaranteed that it's going to carry over, and so we we have to put in the work. Um, and then the more they can talk about how like it's all going to start from defense and stuff like that, the better. Um, because defense defense travels. Defense can show up every single night. Defense can win you games that you shouldn't have won because you were ice cold behind the arc. And guys who, you know, shot 40% for the season or whatever, they shot, you know, one for eight because that happens sometimes because it's basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the overall tone is is uh, how much are guys talking about defense? Um, because that was Willie's first statement last year. Uh, you know, when he came out, he said that was going to be the identity of the team. So I want to see if that's carried over for guys. And 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 like you said, I, I think you're exactly right, Fish. You want to s- see guys that are grounded still and understand, like you said, it's still 36 wins. And in this league, you know, pushing a team, they're, they're, the stories of teams pushing a better team in the first round of the playoffs and never being heard from again are limitless, are limitless. So I would love to see a Pelicans team that comes in with that perspective that we have accomplished nothing. The goal here is to win championships. And I think, I think that uh, um, when he said the main thing is for the first time, he feels like this is a team that could compete every night. And I don't think we felt like that about the Pelicans in quite some time. Kevin. Yeah. For me, I think the thing is, I mean, I honestly feel like media days are just kind of a lot of fluff and, you know, just a lot of talking about nothing. Uh, but what I'm more interested in seeing through media day and through trading camp is the power structure. Um, you know, you're going to be integrating Zion Williamson and the, all that is Zion Williamson into a team that had become Brandon Ingram's team. Um, I don't necessarily expect there to be any drama or any issues with that. Um, I'm just interested to see how it plays out. Um, I feel like it's not going to be that big of a deal because of like, I mean, this might sound like I'm knocking Zion Williamson, but I'm not trying to knock him here, but he's, uh, you know, he has like a very homeschooled kind of childish sheltered vibe to him where I feel like, you know, he's just, he'll take a back seat to Brandon Ingram, who's been through some real shit. It seems like as a person, you know, and is like a man and has taken grasp the reins of this team and I think he'll just fall in line with B.I. being the leader and he might Zion might be the most dynamic player on the team the most uh the team that the guy that most teams are scheming against but Brandon Ingram is still the focal point of that locker room um and I just want to see how that plays out through training camp but I, I don't necessarily see any issues there I like that uh, the thought, uh, and I think it goes back to the value of CJ McCollum, in that CJ gets to be the translator. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? As a veteran who's been the guy who knows how it is to 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 play with a star and these things. Zion being a star of his own, but like you said, this is this is Bi's team. He earned that. Bi mm-hmm. earned that, and I don't oh, think that's cool. something you just take away and give to Zion. Um, if Zion wants to claim that mantle, which I'm like you, Kevin, I don't believe that that's who he is as an individual. I think he wants to be a great player, but he wants to be a teammate. And that's fine. If Zion reaches his potential and he's the the second best player on a championship team, that's a pretty good number two. Or he's he's the most talented player, but not the the voice. 
And that's fine. Right. That's cool. I also feel like that was, I mean, I think that was part of the rough patch of his early tenure here is that, you know, he was thrust into being that and he wasn't ready to be that. Um, so, and, and I think the, and credit to David Griffin, because I do think that, you know, his first year, he tried to say, you know, Drew, Drew Holiday is the face of this franchise, even though we got Zion Williamson and we all kind of knew that was, uh, you know, bullshit. not really. Yeah bullshit but you know i think he was trying to protect him because i think he did understand that about zion williamson um and and like i said i don't think it's going to be an issue but it'd be interesting to see how it plays out and how quickly it is just like okay bi's the guy and i you know i take the back seat and bi bi is the face of the franchise i might Guys, get you'll... the most points every night but um bi is the, the dude you know you don't think that both guys can share that limelight because i do i don't think you have to pick one Maybe initially B.I., yeah, because Zion's coming back, hasn't played basketball forever. But for the long term, I don't have any issues with both guys sharing that spotlight. Show I mean, I think, I, I think the thing is that he's – I mean, Zion's going to get the spotlight because he's Zion Williamson, like mm-hmm. externally. But oh, who, for sure. whose team is it internally? Well, yeah. I don't it's think like, – I, I, I still think it remains that it would be um, B.I.'s team. I mean, it's like Golden yeah. State. Curry's the best player, but Draymond's the voice and the backbone of that team, right? I mean, it, it'd be the same thing. Like, where Pistons, Yeah, you go to the Pistons, Curry. and yeah. the best player of the Pistons is probably Rip Hamilton as the player, but the you know Chauncey Billups was the the, the, the soul mm-hmm. of the team. And I think that that's, that's what it is, is B.I. is the guy that they're going to have to listen to eventually. Right. And when, you, when it is the setup for the last shot – Zion might be the one who ends up taking it, but B.I. is going to be the one that, that sets it up. You know, that's just how things – He's somebody's got to be that guy. And I think that B.I. ends up being the guy that you count on. But, yeah, it's not bad. If, if B.I. is Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili or Tony Parker or whomever, David, whatever, and he's just the more t- – just incredibly talented but just isn't the voice. I don't think that's a problem, but somebody has to be, and it has to be one of the guys in the group. CJ is ex- external, so it'll it'll he's the void. He can be the the communicator, but it's not his. The ownership mm-hmm. has to be either Zion or Bi, and I just don't think Zion is comfortable with being the owner. I think he wants to be the best teammate possible, but I don't think he wants to be the owner. And I think Bi liked the way the blood tastes. You know, he tasted it last year. You saw the look in the playoffs where he was getting, you know, John with folks. I think that that was a step forward for him. And throughout the season, we saw him get a little more arrogant, that a little nastier. And that was the B.I. we were waiting for. And it was awesome. Yeah. The whole way. B.I.'s always had this arrogance. I just want to quickly say he's always had that arrogance. Right, Grub, because we've talked to him in his rookie season, all that. He talked about wanting to be the guy. He would laugh when he would hear buddy healed or whoever got you know max money or close to it and because he always thought of his himself as being the best guy right i can destroy that guy he used to talk about that but now i think he truly believes his words right it doesn't ring hollow anymore in his head that confidence it just exploded last year well before the playoffs in my book yeah yeah well it was you know whatever it was you know and it was the thing that we talked about and I don't want to go on too much longer because we're nearing an hour, guys. But I just, you know, Ali, you remember, and we all remember when B.I. said, from this moment forward, my goal is to destroy everybody in front of me. Mm-hmm. 
And we all he were like, that right yes. before going in the bubble, right? Um, no, that was he was with Stan then. He was with Stan. Okay. He said yeah. something like that right before the bubble. Remember that? He, he said might something have just similar. Been talking about Stan though, standing in front of him. But he was gonna bust. You remember he was gonna bust everybody's <laughs> ass in front of him, and we were kind of disappointed because we didn't see that again. We were getting that bad fourth quarter bi. We were getting mm-hmm. those struggle games in that year, and then but last year, like you said, it didn't. It really started after he missed those few games in the beginning of the season, and then he came back and he got warm, and it took him a minute to get warm. Remember, he, and and then once yeah, yep. and Herb was in the starting lineup by then, and I think that changed things mm-hmm. dramatically. Not having Garrett be next, be the guy next to him, having you know, Herb, um, that changed it. But yeah, we saw it. We saw B.I., the, the swagger came into play. The willingness to take physical punishment on the way to the basket and not bitch about it, but also be willing to fight. We saw him get physical with people and we saw him add pounds to his frame, which he couldn't do the first year because he didn't pick up a basketball because he had surgery on his blood clot for mm. his blood clot. And then he was coming off another injury after year two. So, I mean, if B.I.'s healthy. And remember, ISO ball vanished too. Give him credit yeah. for that too. He wasn't just Played yeah, within but, the system. So, I mean, I, I think it's a good thing that somebody has to ascend. It's just the way the, the, the sports basketball works. It's just the way it works. You know, Drew can't be your number one. Chris Middleton can't be your number one. Giannis is the, the fire. You yeah. know what I mean? He is. He ha- He's the guy that they – but I'm sure they listen to Drew in the huddle. Yeah, they listen to Chris in the huddle. But if you want something to get done, you look at Giannis, and I think that's what B.I. wants to be. Right. If you want it done, and, give it to me. And he proved a lot of it, yeah, last year. Yeah. Guys, we'll get into the basketball, obviously, as we get – closer to the season certainly after uh, media day we'll start talking more about the on court um, once this team gets into practice and we get near the preseason games but as we go into any as we get ready to this um any final words fish you you have the floor man let's just have a very chill media day and we can get back together monday and just be like man zion looks like he's in great shape i'm really excited pelicans basketball in a week that's that's all i want kevin yeah, I'm just happy to be excited about the team again. You know, it's been a couple of rough years to start a season, um, and it feels like we finally have some continuity, even though, you know, Zion's being added basically to a team that existed without him last year, but the coaching staff's the same. Really no roster turnover um, as when we ended from last year, and you got to just feel good about um, the way the team played towards the end of the year and everything they've done off the court, you know, like the bonding that they have, the the relationship that they have and the relationship they have with the city and even the changes within the organization in terms of marketing and um, presentation of the game, even though the Bally sports thing will always be a disaster. Uh, everything <laughs> else about it, you have to feel very good about it. And it's the first time in a long time that it honestly feels like great uh, going into to a season. Cause you know, even last year you were excited about Willie Green. But now you've seen it, and he answered and even probably far exceeded a lot of our expectations. Um, so, yeah, it just feels really good uh, to see that and be heading into a, a season with some positivity. Ali, from, for us, from a journalistic standpoint, this is the first time since I've covered the Pelicans that I felt that they have a realistic chance to make the playoffs in consecutive seasons. Every other time they did it, I did not feel confident going into the next year. And, you know, we've talked about that over from the times that we've been together. 
But this year is the first time as covering this team that legitimately I feel like they not only do I think that they should make the playoffs, but I don't see them backing their way in or having it come down to the last week of the season. Like it doesn't I don't know what the ceiling is, but it feels like the floor is higher than it's been at any time since the last time Chris Paul dribbled a ball in a, in a New Orleans uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. I think they're going to hit the ground running. You know, just think back to last training camp, and not just say Zion being out of the equation. These guys look terrible in preseason, outside of maybe one quarter, right? Because new coaching staff, a lot of new guys, a um, bunch of rookies, right? Trey, Herb, Jose. So you had all this, and the product was just awful. Preseason, then it led to that terrible start that everybody loves to mention, 1-12, and 3-16. and 16. But now everything's there. Kevin just finished talking about it, that continuity. So I expect for this team to really, even though they've got a difficult first, what, 9-10 games, I think that they can easily go 6-4 and four because of that continuity, even though they still got to integrate Zion. And I think they can hit that ground running and get out to a good start for the first time in what? It feels like a million years, but I think it was – 2010, right, when I think they got off to like a 9-1 and start with Chris Paul still here. They haven't had anything close to that since. So Best I'm not saying they're going to go four. that, but there's a chance for it. But either way, yeah, all year, David, I don't expect for them trying to be digging themselves out of any grave. And that when's the last time we were able to say that? Even the team that made the playoffs in 2018 had to go on an incredible hot streak down the stretch mm-hmm. to, to get that six seed. So, yeah, th- you're looking to be – comfortably in yeah they were a 500 team with boogie ad and drew you know three one game over time. 500 yep yep so you know and you know so so here we are and, that, and i think that's i don't think there's anything more a fan could ask for considering where the pelicans have been to feel like your team legitimately has a chance we'll get it i'm sure we will get into um what we think might be there is a delusion but that's fandom too and that's a cool thing as well i don't ever want to knock people for loving their team but mm-hmm. we're done. We're wrapped up on time. Um, we thank you all for listening. Please continue to, to, to check us out. Uh, like us, subscribe, rate us, do all those things. Comment everything wherever you listen to the bird calls. For Kevin Berrios, for David Fisher, for Ali Costello, I am David Grubb. And in the words of our friend Preston Ellis, let's go Pels. listening to the bird calls on the armchair all-american network if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today look around you can find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding right your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.